0: Welcome. I'm Dan Daly, and today we are conducting a video with a good friend, Stuart Cable. Stuart Cable is a senior partner at the law firm Goodwin in Boston. He's also vice chairman of the entire firm, but just as important to our discussion today, he is chairman of M&A with a specific emphasis on tech and life sciences. He's got a lot of other credentials, but those are the ones that are really key. So, Stuart, Welcome back and thank you so much. And I have to say this, Stuart has been a friend and has tolerated my incompetence for close now to 18 years. So I've enjoyed it immensely, and I've learned a lot. So Stuart Cable. Uh,
1: thank, thank you so much. And I, I uh, truly enjoy uh, uh, our chats from time to time. I learn. Good. Uh, and well, I'm flattered by that
0: comment. Yeah, all good. What we, uh, Stuart, this has been a, a, a tumultuous time and I know you're right in the midst of it. Uh, what I think our viewers would be interested in hearing a little bit about from your, your perspective, and the perspective of the firm, is kind of some of the things that, uh, and I think let's talk about them at the same time, some of the things in the M&A acquisition area that took place in uh, 2022 and, and how that may change or has changed or will change in 20 or 23. Then, if we later on in our conversations, if we can talk and I can pick your brain with a little bit of advice and counsel for someone who's running a company and what they might run into in the next twelve to twenty four months so let's talk twenty twenty three from your standpoint good bad and different what do what, what do our viewers and listeners need
1: to know based on your experience uh, let me begin kind of by making an observation about this point in time i, I, I think For people who are on the buy side or on the sell side or on the finance side of M&A transactions, I think the last few months have represented kind of a significant change in the psychology, in the valuations, and in the um, sources Mm -hmm. of capital that means that 2023 will be decidedly different than 2021 and 2022. Um, Specifically, the industries that are all about innovation and therefore all about risk
0: have and certainly this would be an emphasis on life sciences your background plus yep. others but certainly that would Software, be a major yeah
1: life sciences yep. artificial intelligence right. robotics anything that is cutting edge right electronic after,
0: vehicles bingo. there you go
1: after you know 10 years of escalating valuations have been very significantly hit as devaluations okay in the last several months
0: so uh, i want to have to say the last
1: several months that's how rapidly this has taken place yes good thing to know to some degree it's a function of the escalating interest rate environment all right because the higher interest rates the higher the cost of capital right the higher the ca- cost of capital um the higher the so-called risk-free rate is mm-hmm. that is used mm-hmm. in valuation methodology, and all of that impacts these innovative companies, these high beta companies, to the negative. To the negative. Okay. It brings down the valuation, not only in a stock market sense. That's what I was going to ask you, yes. But it also brings it down in an academic sense, or a discounted cash flow sense. All right. And in public company m and Discounted cash flow is the principle, not the only, methodology by which these companies are valued. So mm-hmm. the first thing that is happening as we move from 2022 to 2023 is that the expectations of mm-hmm. boards of directors yep. must adjust to the new reality. Because guess what? The expectations on the buy side have already adjusted.
0: So, if you're on the sell side, you better deal with reality.
1: You either deal with reality or you're not going to sell. You're not your going company. to be a player. Okay, so good. So, the, the, the mega valuations right, and the good mega point. premiums that were obtainable in tech and life sciences and all the innovative industries relatively easily yep. in 2021 and 2022, particularly early 2022, are now not so available.
0: And I just want to emphasize, because you're right in the midst of this, that our message or one of your messages today is the board, if you're on the board and you don't understand that, this is the reality and you better start to understand it, that things have changed.
1: Well, and I'm not suggesting that a director should forfeit his or her business judgment and necessarily sell the business because all of a sudden valuations are down. Right, okay, all right, good Uh, point, good point. Because, you know, on a strategic level, uh, who cares about risk-free rates? Who cares about discounted cash flow? If you think your company is significantly undervalued, then now may not be a propitious time Mm -hmm. to sell your company. Mm -hmm. And you can always just say no, Right. okay? But to the extent you want to sell your company for strategic reasons or for lack of capital, because... Okay, all right, that,
0: that's the other point I was going to make, yes.
1: Yeah, or for lack of capital reasons, then you're going to have to adjust your sights a little bit because it's a different world. Relatedly, <clears throat> Relatedly, the credit world the borrowing world, the ability of private equity sponsors um, and others to raise copious amounts of capital at very low rates right. is yesterday's news. Right. Right. In early 2022, that was possible. In late 20, 2000, 2022, after the Twitter situation, after the Citrix situation, which mm-hmm. I was honored to work on, mm-hmm. and several other situations where the banks lost a lot of money by making commitments on transactions which for regulatory reasons didn't close for six or nine right, months right, later, right, right. just by dint of the move of interest rates, even without regard to the underlying credit. Those banks who made those commitments lost hundreds and hundreds because of they were of those stuck money.
0: with it stuck with it and couldn't syndicate it so now it's on their balance sheet as opposed to being sold and syndicated and sold
1: bingo so the way those work, particularly in the private equity world right. is the banks make commitments they sign binding mm-hmm. commitment letters um, to finance a deal that's going to happen x months later and they build a cushion in mm-hmm. so that when they go to syndicate it if interest rates move a little bit It's not the end of the earth, they can still syndicate it. What happened in 2022 that changed the the entire world going into 2023 is that interest rates moved at such a rapid pace that a lot of these banks were not able or chose not to syndicate the credits that they had signed up to. Because they would have to um, discount them, and you know, bingo, yeah. they'd have to sell them at a loss or mark right, them to right. market. So, a the, loss. so they're on their
0: balance sheet, which influences their actions going forward.
1: Correct. 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 So, interest rates have had a meaningful, meaningful okay. impact, both on valuation. Yep. And equally importantly, in some industries on the ability to borrow at reasonable rates or to borrow at all. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of take these general principles and apply them to the real world, Uh, it's very industry specific. Okay. So, you know, in software, you've historically been able to borrow lots of money. Mm -hmm. So you can still get deals done in software but you can't borrow as much money, which mm-hmm. means you've got to write a bigger equity check. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. the private equity firm has to write, or sponsor has to write a bigger equity check, its return on investment is not as high. Right. So right. it brings valuations down. So, you know, call it a, 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 a unholy alliance, or, you know, it, it's, 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 it's both interest rates and interest rates availability and it's valuations, okay. All those economic factors,
0: and th- th- those last two are tied together.
1: Are tied together. Very
0: tied, and more it, so than a lot of people know.
1: Exactly right, and all of those factors right now are making it a terrible time to be a seller.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And interestingly, not a great time to be a buyer. Help me expand on that a little bit because I know yeah. you know both sides of that. It, it, on the buy side, you can look at it opportunistically. So yep. for example, if you're buying in the life sciences industry, never been a better time to buy in life sciences. All the valuations are down and you're not typically borrowing money against biotechnology companies because they're not generating revenue. Right, right. Okay? So big pharma that has a low cost of capital Yep. Um, can absolutely be opportunistic. Conversely, in the software area, while some strategics have low cost of capital, the private equity guys have had to reboot mm-hmm. because they can't borrow as much and they can't borrow as much at low rates. Right. So in some industries, it's a time to be opportunistic. In other industries, on the buy side, it's a time to be cautious.
0: So let me, just, let me just filter that back a bit. Uh, in the life sciences area, some of the big boys have the money and they're able to make these deals uh, at a low evaluation, so they want to do them. Uh, on, the, on the software, not the same because the software of the big boys don't necessarily have the money in the bank and can't necessarily get access to it as easily as they did in the past.
1: All true, but I will tell you, notwithstanding that Differences between different industries, yep. Yep. notwithstanding all of these economic factors that are driving uh, momentum or failing to drive momentum mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. deal world, I've yet to comment on the single aspect of it that I think is the most important. Okay. It's not valuation. It's not rates. It's psychology. Meaning? Meaning, when times are great and people have an optimistic outlook, sure. everybody wants to be a buyer, right. everybody wants to win. Right, right, right. And they associate winning with getting bigger, doing acquisitions, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. psychology. Conversely, when you wake up in the morning and everybody's talking about a looming recession or the next move right. of the Fed, right. the psychology... In the boardrooms, both on the buy side and on the sell side, turns negative. So, you know, while it is a great time to be a buyer in the pharma biotech world, mm-hmm. we haven't seen tons of transactions. We didn't see lots of transactions through 2022. I don't think we're gonna see lots of transactions. Why is that? Mm-hmm. If valuations are down mm-hmm. and capital markets are. Largely closed or substantially challenging, wouldn't you think there would be tons of big pharma right, right. making opportunistic moves? And the answer is they're being cautious. They're being cautious because the psychology in their boardroom
0: is not as. Oh, oh so they're, they're not basing so much on the technology of the potential acquisition. It's the psychology of the board and senior management. Well, let, let's just wait and see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll come down further. Have we hit the bottom? Gee, who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, what will sure. our board think of us if we go to them with a ten billion dollar acquisition in troubling times? Um, so, I, I actually think, watching this in action, the psychology is more important than any of the economic factors I cited. Wow.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it 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 it, it makes sense. And of course, as we, as we both know, we're we'll discussing others the demands on boards of directors are getting greater and broader with every month. You're, to, you're talking about op, uh, operations as it reflects on M&A and buying and selling, et cetera. The board has got all these other things. They've got climate, they've got pay versus performance. They've got all these other things to worry about at the same time, which I think would impact that psychological setup, okay? I mean, it's a, I think it's a very demanding time to be a board member because it's changed so drastically. Uh, I, I was talking with somebody, I won't mention the name, that we both know very well and he said, it's, it's not fun to be a board member. We used to talk about doing deals and the performance. He said, now we spend half the board meeting talking about regulations and compliance. He said, I don't want to know about those things. I want to talk about operating things. I want to talk about doing that deal. And you know, that's, that's just one person, but we both know them and this is an experienced person, but it's an interesting time, okay. All right. The, uh, that, that, that has been very helpful. Uh, Stuart, let, let's stop there for uh, a, a second and come back. Could you address, uh, from, from, from your standpoint, uh, some, some free consulting, which I'm, I'm not uh, against asking you for, uh, for the CEO or the board that, let's say, has a, a, a knock on the door, and they didn't expect that knock on the door, but it's there and maybe somebody wants to buy them, and maybe they don't. So can we kind of look and see how you might adv- advise someone that was in that set of circumstances, or someone that came to you didn't get a knock on the door, but says, Stuart, we'd really like to talk about doing a, doing a deal, either getting out of this or buying, et cetera. Would Would you be amenable to do that in, in another session here with me? Happy to. All right, fine. Let's stop, let's stop there and come back. I'm here with uh, Stuart Cable. Uh, from the law firm Goodwin here in Boston, and we'll continue shortly, so please stay with us.